Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Monday, December 11th, 2023. We are wrapping up a weird week in the NFL, I'd say. Um, but we also had a ton of stuff happen in college football. And of course, the Shohei Otani signing $700 million over 10 years. Some unprecedented deferrals, as they're being referred to in this contract. But a whole lot to break down there. And um, we've got Luke here. For a Monday, first time he's ever recorded on a Sunday night with me. We've got Sunday night football on the TV, Cowboys, Eagles. The Cowboys up 10-0 right now, 50 seconds left in the first quarter. We'll give you some updates later on. But, Luke, how are you feeling? Getting ready for that, you know, beginning the week off instead of ending the week on an episode. Yeah, I know. This is great. It's awesome to talk about the results for you. Or with you, because, you know, like we always talk about in the Thursday episode, you know, we can really just say whatever the hell we want and we don't really know, you know, we're just predicting off of what we have to go off of. But here we actually have, you know, like statistics to read off and uh, it's going to be great. I I like this much better. Yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And um, yeah, like I said, uh, we had, uh, of course, a a weird week that we're about to go through and and talk about everything, but also... The Shohei Otani signing. We got a few more MLB signings, some trades, some rumors, a whole lot going on there. And then, just because Luke's here doesn't mean we change our regularly scheduled programming. We're still going to talk college football. We're going to talk Army Navy. We're going to talk college football awards. We're going to talk Jaden Daniels winning Heisman and a whole bunch of other stuff. Talk about some bowl games to start up next week. Then we'll close it out with Stake Your Claim because Mondays are for hot takes. You got to get the week started off right with a hot take. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, get the people riled up. Let them think. But yes, for now, Luke, are you ready to get into NFL Week 14? Let's do it. It's been a been a long season. It sure has, and we're definitely uh, approaching the uh, a near end. But for now, let's start off our one o'clock games. We'll start my Falcons. They fall. Buccaneers twenty nine. Falcons 25, uh, some brutal quarterback play from Desmond Ritter as per usual. And um, overall, like the the worst our defense has looked in weeks. Yeah, definitely for sure. But you know what? We've also on the other side seen a Buccaneers team that we haven't seen in like four or five weeks. It seems like, uh, you know, they've uh, they've been a team that kind of once they go down, especially kind of like how the Falcons had them late in the game in the fourth quarter. Or you know, kind of done. But the Buccaneers, uh, they showed some fight today, and it, it kind of looks like they're uh, they're building some momentum over there in Tampa. Definitely, this offense looked phenomenal this week. Rashad White looked, you know, one of his better games this year on the ground. But in the receiving game, getting the receiving touchdown, had 33 receiving yards. He had a great game. That's a big part of this offense in this game was Rashad White's efficiency. yards per carry is great considering he carried 25 times. Baker didn't have the most efficient day in the passing game, but he got it done. He had the two passing touchdowns, uh, didn't throw a pick. He kind of did what he needed to. Not the best he's done it. You know, under a 50% completion percentage isn't what we should be seeing from Baker, but it got him the win kind of because Youngway Koo choked in this game. I don't know what was going on. But Youngway Koo missing two field goals is crazy. This guy, last week, we're all talking about how he overtook Justin Tucker for the highest field goal percentage of anybody with over 100 attempts. 
now he he misses two field goals in a game that were obviously decisive in a four point game. Yeah, no, that was a big deal. Um, how about Drake London on the other side though? Y'all's young king, ten receptions, one seventy two, no touchdowns, and even Kyle Pitts he got on the board with a touchdown yeah. too. Feels Good like to he hadn't scored in a long time. It's nice to but, see um, him uh, getting a touchdown. Yeah, and you know, also on that last drive there, I loved the way that Bijan Robinson just kind of took over the game for the Atlanta Falcons. He showed a lot of uh, veteranship, is the word I'm going to use. And um, yeah, it, it was great on that drive where they scored the touchdown. He had that big run that kind of set himself up, and then he got in the end zone. That was uh, that was great. You know, you like to see rookies like that putting the team, you know, doing whatever whatever they can to try to get the win. And uh, he's a, he's special, man. Yeah, he he looked great. Um, you know, I still question some of Arthur Smith's decision making. Um, I question a lot of it, honestly. Like, and this is a game where like we had multiple chances to win. That's what bothers me the most. Is like there were numerous times where we could have done things to put points up on the board. Obviously, Youngway missing the two field goals, but just offensively in general, a lot of places where we could have played better, and we just simply didn't. Uh, obviously, you know, Ritter's not quite the answer. And I've talked about this. Me and Colin have said it the last two weeks after these wins. It's like, it's amazing when Desmond Ritter doesn't throw too many passes and we run the ball well, how we can play well in a game. Desmond Ritter threw 40 passes in this game. And like, I get, you know, we're down two points though at halftime. Like, it's not like we we're down by some ridiculous margin that forced him to throw passes. He was passing the whole game. So yeah, not something you want to see if you're a Falcons fan. Yeah, not a big fan of of all that. But on the defensive side, all the guys played well. Um, honestly, like I know we gave up points, but Contavious Street getting a sack in this one. Jesse Bates looked great. He had a huge tackle for loss. Um, he had a pass uh, defended as well. But uh, overall, you know, we could have played better. But the Bucks, obviously, one of their best offensive performances though of the year. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, yeah. Player of the game, Rashad White, for sure. Yeah. Massive sure. performance out of Rashad White today. All right, well, let's get into a uh, a surprising result to some. Chicago Bears 28, the Detroit Lions 13. Once again, yeah. a stinker from Jared Goff. Just the turnovers. Yeah, and a very good game against a very, you know, difficult opponent for Chicago, too. I mean, they're sitting 5-8 and eight now. Yeah, that's really not that bad, you know, no. considering how they started. And I mean, you know, even you and I both were skeptical going into this game whenever we recorded on Thursday, because I, I, I don't know, I, it just felt like it was in the air for Chicago to have a really good performance against Detroit. Yeah, look, like they they had that lead in the first matchup of the season a couple weeks ago, and they just couldn't quite get it done. They let the Lions get back in it. This time, they did not let Jared Goff come back from these turnovers, and that's what I think was a big deal. Their defense bucked up after the turnovers from the offense, and it helped them out a ton. But Justin Fields, I said it. I'm just saying I said it. He freestyled. He freestyled this game. He was throwing the ball. He ran the ball 12 times, had the rushing touchdown there, uh, I think near the end of the game, uh, getting that rushing touchdown. DJ Moore had a great game, six receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Cole Komet had a pretty good game, except, you know, he didn't get a touchdown, which, uh, man, he was he was close a couple of times, and it just went somewhere else. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, look, this was such a great, complete performance by the Chicago Bears on both sides of the ball. Yeah, for sure. And I I love just DJ Moore getting involved. It's it's crazy because, you know, DJ Moore, whenever he left uh, Carolina to come to Chicago, I was thinking to myself like, oh, he's, you know, going to another offense where he's going to be, you know, kind of the main guy there. It's an offense that's in work. But Chicago is using him way better than they did in Carolina. Like, I, I love to see him getting a rushing touchdown looking at this box score and the receiving touchdown. He was just all over the place today. Yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised when I saw DJ Moore rushing touchdown. But um, once again, just uh, creative play calling from Chicago that I really like. I'm starting to kind of maybe maybe change my mind a little bit about Eberflus and, and the guys that he's got in there with him because what the Bears have started doing, you know, since – Fields came back into the lineup. Some of the performances they've had have been great. And, you know, letting Justin Fields kind of run wild uh, and do his thing is is obviously working because you just beat one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. And I love seeing Dante Foreman back in the lineup as well. He's always going to be a big help for Chicago in the run game. And and I think another thing I want to highlight here out of uh, out of the Bears is uh, shutting down Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Sam Laporta. Yep. Uh, Detroit really, you know, Jared Goff was not playing that well, but neither were the receivers. I mean, none of them here had a standout game. The ball was just going to everywhere. But Amon Ross, St. Brown, nine targets, three receptions. I mean, he was locked up big yeah, time. very much. And then, you know, the run game was kind of working for them. But when Chicago, you know, put up nine in the third quarter, that kind of changed the uh, the pace there and stopped them from being able to give the ball to Gibbs and Montgomery because both of them, Gibbs 11 carries, Montgomery 10. They both had 66 rushing yards. Gibbs had the rushing touchdown that, man, he made that one look easy, I got to say. Uh, but, yeah, the fact that the Bears were able to just kind of play to their strengths in this game and and beat this very good Lions team is uh, – it's a good sign for them. And think about it. like They're not ruining their pick or anything. They've still got the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So uh, on the defense side, though, Jaquan Brisker. Holy shit. 17 total tackles in this game. 13 solo and two passes defended. Crazy. Tremaine Edmonds, also a pass defended, and he had a tackle for loss. He had seven total tackles, but... Damn, that was uh, quite the performance by the uh, the Bears' defense. Four sacks in total for them um, in the, the two picks, of course. Did Jaquan Brisker and um, Kyle Hamilton play safety with each other at Penn State? Kyle Hamilton went to Notre Dame. That's right. I thought he was a Penn State kid, but... Um... Yeah, anyway, Jaquan Brisker, second, second year in the league. He's really stepped up for Chicago's defense. He's... Uh, Definitely been one of the brighter stars for them. And Montez Sweat still balling out. Had a sack in this one. He's been a great trade. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely been a, a great addition to this team. Uh, anything else about this game before we move on? No, I think we're good. All right, let's get into uh, the Jake Browning show. Bengals 34, Colts 14. Jake Browning, serviceable. I think that's the yeah, biggest what a dumb surprise game. thus far. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Steelers fan, just just turn off the episode. Don't <laughs> don't keep up with the NFL anymore. Um, yeah, you had Baltimore winning overtime. Bengals beat the Colts with the you know backup quarterback, and I mean the Colts, you know, granted are on one too, but 
Um, and then Joe Flacco won his game today, which we'll get all to all those games later. But uh, yeah, the, the Bengals are showing a lot of fight here. And uh, I think when Burrow or Burrow's season's over, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's coming down to the wire in the AFC North. Not not really so much the Ravens, but I'm pretty sure the Bengals, Browns, and the Steelers are all tied at seven and six right now in the AFC North, which is insane. Wow. Uh, yeah. I have a question. Who is Chase Brown? <laughs> he had eight yeah, carries that's a good for question. 25 yards, but he had three receptions, 80 yards, including, I believe, a 54-yard touchdown. Uh, he was their fifth-round draft pick out of Illinois. Meanwhile, Jamar Chase, who um, I'd go as to say is the better Chase of the two, had four targets, three receptions for 29 yards. Yeah, and the offense still put up 34. Yeah. I think there was a, maybe a defensive touchdown. No. No defensive uh, touchdowns. Wow. Damn. Yeah, just a good performance by the guys. But uh, on the Colts yeah. side, like they didn't play bad. They just kept getting stopped. Um, and it certainly didn't help that Matt Gay played like shit. Once again, a bad kicker performance. He misses a field goal. He misses an extra point. Then... The Colts score another touchdown, and they go for two to make it 14-14. Obviously, it didn't matter uh, because they ultimately lost by 20 points, but tough day for Matt Gay. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the Bengals did a great job against Zach Moss, too. The Colts were definitely missing their guy in Jonathan Taylor today. Yeah, um, They could have definitely needed him in the run game. And, you know, to shout out some guy on the Colts, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., has really these past couple weeks turned it up for them. He he's been absolutely showing out. Yeah, he looked great. Eight receptions, ninety five yards in this game. Um, but like Gardner certainly didn't look bad. Twenty six for thirty nine, two forty, a touchdown, a pick. Got sacked three times, but definitely not a bad day for Gardner either. No, not at all. But yeah, look, the Bengals just kind of keep making do. Um. Like, they're in a serious position to, like, possibly find themselves in a playoff spot. Like, they got the Vikings next oh, week, which we'll talk about the uh, the Vikings game this week because, uh, damn, that was a stinker. But um, they've got the Steelers the week after, which, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. It seems like Jake Browning has changed a little bit since the Steelers last saw him. But um, then they have the Chiefs and the Browns. It's not the easiest route through these last four games. And also, no. is it a huge deal to make the playoffs this year considering you won't have Burrow there with you? I don't know. But no. obviously it'd be nice to make Good it. Point. Um, But let's move on to our next game. Browns 31, Jags 27. Good God, Trevor Lawrence. 50 pass attempts. He had three touchdowns and three picks, and he got sacked four times. This guy was literally a game-day decision, like almost game-time decision. It didn't come out till Sunday morning that he was going to play. Oh, damn. I, I, I yeah, but- don't I don't get it. Why is a guy going to be a game-time decision that you're going to make him throw the ball 50 times against a very good Browns defense? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just because they, they, they took it to Travis Etienne. Yeah. Travis Etienne was almost a non-factor aside from his touchdown. But, yeah, the Jackson, uh, the Jaguars just, you know, I mean, they lost when David Njoku and Joe Flacco woke up this morning. 
Um, yeah. it, it was game time for those two. Uh, yeah, Joe Flacco killed him. I mean, uh, three touchdowns, two of them going to David Njoku, and Amari Cooper finally had a good game. Uh, it feels like we've been seeing a lot of, you know, just kind of him yeah. putting up like OBJ numbers out there, but um, he's still a stud, and he definitely played like one today. 14 targets from Flacco, only caught seven, but still, decent game. Yeah, and shout out David Bell, his first career touchdown in the NFL, and it was a wild touchdown. Fourth and three from 41 yards out, and Flacco, I think it was a play action, hits him in the slot, and there is simply nobody in front of him because it was fourth and three. They thought they were going to run. It was yeah. perfectly executed uh, awesome. and well played by that offense. But, yeah, look, the Browns come out with a, a big win here, and this really hurts Jacksonville. I know we'll talk about what happened in the Texans game later, but the Texans were creeping up. This was a must win for the Jags to create some separation. They don't win. The Texans also didn't win. But ultimately, this still does hurt Jacksonville, uh, putting oh. them at eight and five. Now the Browns are eight and five. They look real good too. Yeah, man. like this is. This I is thought. Be quite I the thought race. they were seven and six too. No, I, I thought they were seven and six as well. No, they're eight and five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, um, it's uh, it, coming down to the wire in both of these divisions. Honestly. Yeah, AFC North is going to be interesting. AFC South, certainly going to be interesting. Um, yeah. As long as we get a, a, a good update on C.J. Stroud. But like I said, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think that's kind of all we've got. Oh, shout out Evan Ingram. 11 receptions on 12 targets, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, much better day yeah. than Calvin Ridley. 13 targets, four receptions, 53 yards. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Zay uh, Jones had a lot of targets too. Fourteen yeah. targets, five receptions. Yeah, like I said, ever somebody's gonna have to have a lot of targets because Trevor Lawrence threw the ball fifty times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to only six different people. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's also pretty interesting. Uh, but let's move on to uh, our next game: Saints twenty-eight, Panthers six. Did we see anything else happening? Mm. No. Does Bryce Young need, like, I don't know, like calling the military to help him? He needs anything he can get for protection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, big time. This guy needs, like, he, I mean, he just gets beat up on the field. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard ran the ball 23 times, and Miles Sanders ran the ball 10. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Wow. Jesus, Jesus. Did you see, um, um, I forget his name, but the uh, the captain right tackle or left tackle on the Saints just giving it to Derek Carr after a play, just screaming blame, at him. I don't blame like Derek Carr. This game definitely epitomizes it, but he just keeps getting away with being underwhelmingly average. Yeah, like I'd go as far yeah. as to say this was a bad performance, and they put up twenty eight points, and he had two touchdowns, but eighteen for yeah, twenty six. No, I'm I'm right there only, with you. How do you only pass for 119 when you complete 18 passes? That just yeah, simply brutal. shouldn't happen, especially considering you had a pass to A.T. Perry for 44 yards. Yeah. Like, that's like, I know. That's a third of your yep. yards right there. Yeah. I For the Saints today, it was their two other weapons. It was really Alave and Kamara. 
And also, finally, Jamal Williams getting a substantial amount of carries. And yeah. look what happened. 11 carries, 43 yards. That's a pretty decent game. Yeah, shout out Jimmy Graham. Big reception in, uh, in the red zone. Set up a touchdown uh, for, I believe, the one to uh, Alvin Kamara. Or it might have been Olave's touchdown. But And then later on, catches one himself. So shout out Jimmy Graham. Yeah, that's his uh, third okay. touchdown reception of the year. Nice. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, look, the Panthers' Thielen is kind of back, which is nice after a couple of very quiet weeks, five receptions, 74 yards. But, like we yeah. said, Bryce Young needs help. Couldn't really throw the ball too much. Uh, so nobody else had quite uh, quite a standout performance. But you had, like, Johnny Hecker, uh, I believe, got either fumbled a snap on a punt or uh, got it blocked. I can't quite remember. But, um, you know, he loses a fumble. Bryce Young loses a fumble. That's just tough to see. Um, but, you know, look, the Panthers, I don't expect anything out of them. So, Yeah. It, is it not fair to say, though, that Bryce Young could be playing a lot worse for his situation? Definitely. I, I feel like we're not, you is know, he, it's hard to give someone credit that, that doesn't put up. No, not at all. <laughs> he's just literally doing what he's able yeah. to do. <laughs> he's he's not hurting his team. Like, yeah, he threw for 137 yards in this game and like just under a 50% completion percentage, I think. But he's getting hurried every single time. Yeah. So, I I can't blame the guy for yeah. how they're playing, but um let's move on to the next game. Lots to talk about here. Jets 30, Texans 6. The most surprising score of the week. But you got to talk about the fact that Tank Dell's out. Dalton Schultz got, uh, uh, he was out as of, I think, Friday. Nico Collins goes down early, leaves the game, doesn't come back. Then in the fourth quarter, CJ Stroud goes down with what looked like a head injury, didn't return. And when it comes down to it, fate just simply was not on the Texan side in this game. No, that that CJ Stroud head injury was brutal though. He yeah. hit the ground so fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I mean, that was to bad. see so he's in concussion protocol. That's the only update we've gotten and he's questionable to play next week, but hopefully he's good. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, and then, you know, on the Texans, surprisingly, I, I think it's fair to say that they pro probably put up one of the worst offensive showcases of all season of any team um, in this game, which that that's not, you know, something that needs to really necessarily be, like, stuck to them. This is just kind of an outlier game for them. But, like, yeah, brutal. I mean, Devin Singletary was your only bright spot in this game. Still looking better than Damon Pierce, might I add. Yes, definitely looking better. But <laughs> speaking of looking better, Zach Wilson. Coming out there and just kicking ass. <laughs> 301 <laughs> passing yards for the kid. 27 for 36. Two touchdowns. No picks. Have a fucking day, Zach Wilson. Yeah, Brees Hall, too. Just massive game rushing and receiving. And shout out Randall Cobb. Scored a touchdown today. Yeah, and Garrett Wilson was just sure hands as they could get. I know, you know, 14 targets, nine receptions. Those ones came down to Zach Wilson, but he was tossing into some tough windows, some real tough spots to catch the ball in general for Garrett, and he was reeling them in, nine receptions, 108. Yeah, yeah. crazy game. But also, how did the first points of the game come from a Randall Cobb touchdown in the third quarter? 
No, I know. <laughs> that should not be the yeah. case ever. No, no, absolutely not. But look, absolutely the Jets not. Railing off 30 points on this Texans team. And look, the Texans do have some good things to take away from this. Like Jonathan Grenard, one hell of a game. Two sacks in this game. I think that put him at 10 for the season. The problem is that your secondary just gave up 300 yards to Zach Wilson. That's something that needs to be addressed. Big time. Big time. Especially when you add guys like Jimmy Ward and, you know, guys last season like Jalen Petrie and uh, Derek Stingley. It, it needs to get fixed. And they added Steven Nelson. He was a stud corner for the Steelers. So, yeah. not too sure what happened this game. I don't know. I, I think all the injuries uh, definitely didn't help uh, the team. But, like, on the defense, your rookies, Henry Toto and Will Anderson Jr., both don't record a tackle. That shouldn't yeah. be happening. I know I know both of them, yeah. you know, pass rushing, but still, they should be getting a tackle in this game. Like Will Anderson did hit the quarterback twice, so I'll give him his credit, but still, gotta see a better game out of your young guys. And obviously the uh the secondary needs to look a whole lot better. But uh we can move on from this one. And talk about maybe the most exciting one to watch of the week. Ravens 37, Rams 31 in overtime. Wild. Once again, kind of predicted this Lamar Jackson performance. I said, this is the kind of defense that when you're playing, at least as the Ravens, Todd Munkin can just let Lamar free. And good God did Lamar have a day. 24 for 33, or sorry, 24 for 43, 316, three touchdowns. He threw a pick, whatever, but 11 carries, 70 yards on the ground. Just one hell of a day for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and he had three guys that did pretty well for him too. OBJ with an awesome performance. Isaiah Likely in there with a touchdown. And Zay Flowers kind of had a good comeback game too. Um, I will say though, on the other side, you know, we saw Cooper Cup finally. Um Kyron Williams is becoming, you know, kind of like a just a really consistent running back in this league. Uh, Matthew Stafford looked really good, and Puka Nakua looked really, really good. There, there were a lot of players that played well in this game, honestly. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of this is what we should be seeing regularly from the tandem of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. At least in my yes. opinion, like I need to see both of them pushing a hundred yards, like them combining for. I guess 199, we'll say 200 yards in this game, is how it should be. You know, one of them gets a touchdown, but then you also have Davis Allen in place for the injured Tyler Higby, who got a touchdown and had four receptions for 50 yards, and then Demarcus Robinson, three receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown. This was also a tough week for guys that just needed their fantasy players to score touchdowns because it was the random guys on the team. This had to be the most touchdowns by the least rostered percentage players ever. <laughs> You've got guys like Chase Brown scoring touchdowns, Davis Allen, Demarcus Robinson, Isaiah Likely, like guys all around the league yeah. that make no, Randall yeah. Cobb, like all these guys scoring touchdowns. But your your notable guys, Kyron Williams, doesn't score a touchdown in this game. Like those are the guys that aren't scoring the touchdowns. Gus Edwards as well, a shit game for him. Um, but yeah, this one was insane in overtime as well. And, uh, the Ravens just keep rolling 10 and three, honestly, 
depending on how the Sunday night football game goes, which is currently 17-3 Dallas, the Ravens could be looking at being one of the best teams in the league right now. Or the best team oh, for sure. in the league right now. Uh, definitely, you know, after after today with the Bills game, definitely better than the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Which says a lot. Yeah. The, I mean, I that's think like the one of your team, I think if Philly loses this game, to me, it's it's Ravens or 49ers is the best team in the NFL. I would I would throw in the Cowboys in there. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. They'll be 10-3 and three as well if they win today. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Very, very interesting. But uh, let's move on to our next game, uh, the start of the 4 o'clock slate and one of the worst games uh, in, in recent times. Vikings 3, Raiders 0. The first game with a 3-0 finish since 2007. Uh, you had Justin Jefferson coming back and leaving again. Uh, he catches a ball over the middle and just gets pile-driven into his chest. Uh, goes to the locker room, yep. does not return. You had Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs quarterbacking in this game. Not too sure what happened there. I didn't watch really any of this game. No. Uh, um, yeah, th- thanks, Josh Dobbs, for uh, taking Justin Jefferson away from the NFL again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, man? Uh, <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> but somehow, three points gets it done. Uh <laughs> yeah congrats to people that bet the under in this game uh the line was yep. originally set at a 40 and a half which is like a pretty average nfl line uh safe to say uh, a real easy under for um those pussies that bet the under but uh <laughs> alexander madison had a serviceable game 10 carries 66 nobody had a good game I guess Max like, Crosby. That, that's yeah. the only guy yeah. that I'm seeing right here that had a good and Robert Spillane. Shout and I out guess Robert Spillane. Greg Joseph because he scored the only points in the game, but he also missed a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell happened here. Um, I guess a great game by Ryan Wright, the Vikings punter. Eight punts, 383 punting yards, four of them pinned in the 20. Good work. Wow. Shout out yeah, the that's punters. pretty sick, actually. Yeah. But, Damn. yeah, this game fucking sucked. Oh, my God. Yeah, he had no touchbacks. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good punter right there. That is a very solid punter. Yeah. I saw somebody. I can't, I can't even remember what game it was in. Uh, Nathan was showing it to me earlier. Somebody punted from in their end zone and got it to the other 22. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't remember who it was or for what team, but um, it was an absolutely absurd punt. Uh, that was in the NFL today? Yes. What? Yeah. I will have to find that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember um, who it was. But for now, let's move on, because I don't want to be stuck in Vikings Raiders um, let's talk about a much more interesting game. 49ers 28, Seahawks 16. This one was a close one. Uh, Seahawks go up early. Uh, they're up 10-7 out of the first quarter, but San Fran doing their thing. 7-7-7-7. Seven, 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 seven. All four quarters just 
be doing it. And shout out Christian McCaffrey. One hell of a performance to not score a touchdown. Oh, dude. <laughs> Debo Samuel. Oh, man. My God. He's on He's on one. He's officially he, hot. He was on one. He's and and so hot. is Brandon Ayuk. Man, Brandon Ayuk has been one of those players. Like He has made such a big step this season. Yep. I, I mean, he's been ridiculous. Yeah, he's over 1,000 yards now uh, after that performance. So, yeah, shout out Brandon Ayuk. Shout out Debo having two straight good weeks. That doesn't happen too often nowadays. Uh, but no. <laughs> what the fuck? How how are you going to let Christian McCaffrey run 72 yards down the field and then give the ball to Jordan Mason for the touchdown? That's just disrespectful. Yeah. It's fucked up. Very disrespectful. For the Seahawks, they were kind of shit out of luck. You know, we're like, I think around halftime of the 1 o'clock slate, we get the news that Geno isn't starting. He's out. Drew Locke is starting. Certainly didn't give him a, you know, a fighting chance to most people. And um, he started off fine. That's right, Drew Locke. Wasn't nice. wasn't he the one that holstered the guns in college? Wasn't I, that Drew Locke? Yes, when he was at Missouri. Um, but yeah, I'm not two, a Drew Locke fan. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, <laughs> two picks in this one for Drew Locke. Not a, a horrible performance outside of the picks, but uh, Tyler Lockett had a decent game. Actually, a pretty good game. Six receptions, 89 yards on six targets. Definitely not bad. But DK scores a touchdown, leaves the game. Another injury this uh, in this game. Just so many injuries across the league this week. Um, once again, this, this yeah. has happened a lot. There are so many players that are injured right now. Yeah. This I got sad. a question for you, Grayson. Yeah. How do you feel about the Seahawks running back duo right now with uh, Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker? Do you think do you think it might need to flip to Zach as RB1? What do you think is going on over there? I don't know because they've been so weird about this. Like, Kenneth Walker will get three carries on the first drive, and he'll do fine. And then they won't give him the ball for two more quarters. And then he comes in, doesn't run well, and they're like, What's the deal? Well, he's just been standing on the sidelines and just standing in the backfield blocking for, you know, two hours, <laughs> essentially. And yeah. you've been giving the ball to Zach. And it's like, and, and vice versa. They do the same thing with Zach Charbonnet. When, when he gets a couple of carries, he does well. They don't use him the next five drives. And it's like, well, how do you expect these guys to run well and run efficiently and have an impact on the game if you're not going to use them? Yeah, that was um that's a good point you just made because uh they they've been really inconsistent about who their running yeah. back actually is. And um I don't think it's really helping either of them. No, not at all and it's not helping the team in general. But, but you know, it's interesting because it seems like Zach Charbonnet is doing a lot better than Kenneth Walker is recently. Uh, yeah, like Kenneth Walker has been uh hurt. I think he missed a couple of games. Uh, maybe just one full game, but um, yeah, like I've expected a whole lot more out of Kenneth Walker this season. Um, well, I'm trying to see how many games he's played in uh, this year, but um, let's see. Looks like he's played in 11 
I think, 11 or 12 of their games. Um, he's only got okay. 634 yards. Damn. That is not not good uh, at all. No, not so, ideal. Yeah. Like it's not season, optimal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I think Kenneth just needs to be getting the same kind of carries he was last year, and he would be playing just as well. Like, I think it's just a matter of, like, you got to give him his chances. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. What I happened? Keep, I keep hitting this thing behind me, and it's bothering me when I look at my camera and I see it's just, like, turned 45 degrees. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's move on to uh, another real exciting game. Bills Chiefs. The Bills take it 20 to 17. The Chiefs game winning touchdown taken away. Patrick Mahomes loses his mind. Uh, <laughs> but Josh Allen gets the best of them. Uh, and shout out to James Cook. Oh my God. Yes. Not even his best yes. day on the ground, but a good one at that 10 carries, 58 yards. But it's the five targets, five receptions, 83 yards. And a touchdown for James Cook that uh that tell the story of his fantastic performance where really he was the standout player for the Bills in this game. Yeah, and, and it seems like towards the end of this season, you know, the Bills have been doing a lot of hanging on. And a lot of that has be- been because of James Cook stepping up with Josh Allen, I've noticed in their games. He he's been, you know, a real big bright spot for this Bills offense. Yeah. And on the other side, Rashi Rice has had a couple of really good weeks as well. Um, for Kansas City. I, I'm really liking how much he's adding to this offense. He's finally giving them a, a, a at least good option. I'm not going to say great option uh, at wide receiver, but when you've got the likes of Canarius, Tony, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, Richie James, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, all sucking, it's nice to have, you know, Rashi Rice and, of course, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, no, it, I... It's just it's so incredible what the Chiefs have been able to do without Tyreek Hill because that yeah. wide receiver spot just has not been good. I mean, you had Juju last year. That's not something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know. It's just like it, it's crazy what Patrick Mahomes can do with just Travis Kelsey. Yeah, like it just it's really mind blowing. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. And considering they also don't have a run game. Um, or at least not a consistent one. And Pacheco was out this week with a shoulder injury, so that didn't help. But yeah, definitely hurt him. The uh, the Bills come away with a big victory, puts them at seven and six. Um, they they you know they're definitely still in the hunt. They're second in the AFC East. Um, you know I, I don't see them catching up to the Dolphins, but they are second no. uh, in the NFC or the AFC East. So they've definitely still got a chance to make the playoffs. But for the Chiefs, um. It's, is it weird to say that they need to look out? Like, the Broncos are moving. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, Broncos imagine if the Broncos win the division. Imagine if the Broncos pull I off the I don't think they will, but two straight concerning losses. And what I, I'd say four straight concerning performances. They they won the game against the Raiders. They did not look good in that game, despite the, uh, <clears throat> what, they won by like 14 uh, points. They didn't look good yeah. until like the very end. Luckily, you have the Patriots next week, which I think we can all go ahead and write that one in for the win. Uh, well, I don't know. We saw Thursday Night Football, but... Oh, we did. Well, yeah, you turned it off. <laughs> I turned Rightfully it off. so. <laughs> I, I can't blame you at all. Trust me, I, 
I was watching the Falcons game. I put on red zone. I was like, you know what? I only want to see the things I have to see uh, from that game. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I don't need to see the inner workings of Arthur Smith's fucked up mind. But they have Patriots next week, Raiders the week after, and then Bengals, Chargers. The Chiefs have what seems to be an easy road. They could win the next four games, finish their season with 12 wins, head on to the playoffs, whatever. Broncos are not far behind anymore. And that should be concerning to them for sure. Because the Broncos yeah. now sit, uh, which were actually, let's just go ahead and talk about that game. Let's talk about the Broncos. Broncos won 24 to 7 over the Chargers in the division. The Broncos are a game behind the Chiefs right now. And it. It, it, that's going to be huge I, because the Broncos, they, yes, they do have to play the Lions next week. But they have three of the same opponents. Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. After the Lions. If they somehow pull one off against the Lions, who are not on a good streak right now, that would be huge for them. Yeah. Massive. No, I, I, I don't know what it is, but and maybe you can help me out too because I think you're kind of feeling the same thing. Why, why does it feel so good that the Broncos are winning and like just playing good football? I don't know. Like, why do we love talking about the Broncos so much? Yeah, I, I think it's just like a redemption story. Last year was so painfully bad. The start of the season was so painfully bad. You lost 70-20. to 20. Um, And then all of a sudden, they just seem to have figured things out. And I think they do have a couple of guys on this team that are likable. Obviously, I've already I've, I've said this many times before. I hate the person, Russell Wilson. I like watching him play football. Yeah. Especially when he's, he's playing great. good. I like Javante yeah. Williams a lot. Obviously, I'm invested in this team because I have Javante Williams and Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton loves his long touchdown a game. Just one of them. He only got four targets. Yeah. He only got four targets, <laughs> three receptions, 62 yards, and a 46-yard touchdown. And, like, there's other guys to root for on this team. Obviously, Marvin Mims is a very exciting player to watch. There is no better name yeah. in the NFL than Lil Jordan Humphrey. And... <laughs> Jerry Judy needs a redemption story. I think we're all looking for it to start. It hasn't. Um, yeah. But damn. Could this team be so good if their players just played consistently? Yeah. And, you know, I want to talk about something on the other side because we had a standout performance from a guy who's just been dogged on all season long, Quentin Johnston. How about it? Three receptions, 91 yards on four targets. You love to see it. Yeah. I mean, all he needed was Easton I don't know. Stick to play quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, that was that yeah. was exactly also, what he needed. In this another game. injury. Justin Herbert goes down second quarter, I think, right before the half. Um, wasn't having a good game up to that point, but uh, I think it was a hand injury, uh, I believe, finger injury, hand injury. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to find a different quarterback, Grayson. Yeah, fantasy. Well, I'm glad you didn't have a different one this week. <laughs> yeah, I had CJ Stroud <laughs> in another league too. That's tough. That is tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, same day. That is brutal. But yeah, look, the Chargers just simply aren't good enough. Of course, Herbert being out hurts them. But honestly, Easton Stick didn't play that bad. Um, yeah. 13 for 20. Eckler had a good game too. Yeah, Eckler, not too bad. Um, he was definitely a reliable passing option uh, this week, which is what he should be more often for this team. Uh, Gerald Everett yep. had a couple of big plays uh, on screen passes that he was just able to fight for some yardage. And then... Um, 
like you pointed out, Quentin Johnston, fantastic game. And Keenan Allen just kind of doing his thing. Uh, nothing too great out of him, but six receptions, 68. is definitely not bad. Yeah, for sure. Um, on the defensive side, though, the Broncos' defense looks absolutely phenomenal. Six sacks yeah. in this game. Nobody got two. They were spreading the love. Alex Singleton, take a bow. 14 total tackles, 10 solo. He got a sack. He got a pass deflection. Everything. Uh, Josie Jewell as well, getting the sack and the pass defended, as well as nine total tackles. And then you had P.J. Locke with a sack, Justin Simmons with a sack, Jaquan McMillan with a sack, a big one uh, at that, that almost caused a fumble. Um, It got ruled a forward pass. Looked like a fumble to me. I can't disagree with Dean Blandino as the, uh, you know, on-TV referee. I guess you're just not allowed to disagree with them. I think they're always supposed to be right, uh, supposedly. But regardless, Zach Allen also recorded a sack in this game. And this Broncos defense just looked like way too much for the Chargers. And the Chargers defense, simply not enough. Yeah, and, you know, one other thing I want to point out with all this punter talk today, Riley Dixon, punter of the Broncos, seven punts, five of them inside the 20. That's exactly what you want to do when a different quarterback comes in the game, and it showed. Only put up one touchdown against them. And then J.K. Scott on the other side, got to shout him out too. Uh, Average punt distance of 57.4 yards is absurd. Yeah, that's that's what you want to do as a punter if your team's not moving the ball. He must have been the one that I saw. Because he had a longest punt of 83 yards in this game. So it must have been J.K. Scott. Holy They punted fuck. that one. Yeah. Damn, that's rocket legs. That that's crazy. Um, yeah, that game's over. Um, we're done with that one. So, uh, yeah, like we were saying, Denver Broncos, a game behind the Chiefs. Um, a lot to look forward to for the remainder of the season in the AFC West. And honestly, just about all the divisions. Um We've got a really we've yeah. got a race to look for in just about every division. Obviously, the well, NFC South uh, a three way tie at the moment. Um, yeah, the NFC East yeah. obviously it's being fought right now between the Eagles and Cowboys on the TV. Cowboys up seventeen six. We'll start talking about that game in just a second. But the AFC South as well: Colts seven and six, Jaguars eight and five, Texans seven and six. Um, uh, you know. Not too much to worry about with the Titans, but, um, you know, out in the AFC West, uh, of course, we're just talking about it, Broncos, uh, Chiefs, that is a big race. But in the NFC, you've got, or sorry, AFC North, I don't think I said that one. Obviously, that one's a tight race like we talked about for second place. Uh, the Ravens kind of run away with that one. But in the NFC, um you have the race uh, in the uh, the South, like I said. Uh, you have the AFC, which one am I thinking of? I the AFC, know. which one? I don't know. I think we might have already <laughs> said all the divisions. I'm just forgetting which ones I've said. Uh, but look, <laughs> nonetheless, there's a lot of meaningful football to be played. Let's talk about the most meaningful game of the week, uh, Eagles-Cowboys. So, like I said, Cowboys up 17-6. to Um Dak having a, a pretty good game thus far. 13 for 21, 156 and a touchdown. Uh, he's on the field right now. Just threw a what looks like a touchdown to Brandon Cooks. That was perfect timing. <laughs> 24-6? Yeah. Is it 24-6? No way. 
Or 23. If they call that a touchdown, do they call them down? Mm-hmm. I think they might. Uh, Grayson, you're going to beat me. You're going to beat me. Don't, DeAndre don't get Swift ahead of can't yourself. do anything. Don't get ahead of yourself. Dude, DeAndre Swift's been dormant for like three weeks now. Is that a touchdown? No run game in Philly. Nah, okay. It's not a touchdown yet. So maybe Tony Pollard will run it in for me. That'd be nice. No, no. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the Eagles side because they're clearly struggling. Jalen Hurts, 7 for 12, 92 yards. Not really doing too much. Uh, certainly not getting it done in the run game. DeAndre Swift, three carries for two yards. Boston Scott, one carry for four yards. Kenneth Gainwell, two carries, 12 yards. Uh, and Jalen Hurts, four carries, 28 yards. Uh, nobody really doing it too well in the receiving game, but Devontae Smith, two receptions, 39. A.J. Brown, two receptions, 38. Shout out my boy Olamide Zacchaeus with a reception. Love that guy. The old Falcon. The old Falcon. Yeah. Uh, tough to see uh, Jalen Hurts losing a fumble uh, in this one. Yeah. Not much else of note to talk about. Other it's than on Reddick with the sack. Yeah. Yep, Hassan Reddick. And Micah Parsons with the sack. Parsons, two guys that you would definitely expect uh, on this field. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, nothing else too much. Well, actually, sorry, Brandon Aubrey kicked a 60-yarder. <laughs> Didn't hey, know that. Hey, look at that. So uh, shout him out. Uh, Jake Elliott, two for two, 52. Uh, his long should have started him over Matt Gay in fantasy. <laughs> That'd have been nice. <laughs> Uh, because Matt Gay had negative three points. Um, but you know what? It don't matter. Who caught that touchdown? Is it a touchdown? What happened? There's a flag, still a touchdown. Who caught it? Touchdown, Michael Gallup. Uh, passing touchdown. Thank you, Dak. All right. Um, Bro, when the Cowboys have been on this season, they are on. It's because they've had, like, five straight home games. <laughs> it, it really feels like since Thanksgiving, they just haven't left Dallas. <laughs> like, Or even before then. Here, let's see. Oh, actually, they were on the road the last, what, two weeks? No. No, they've been, uh, yeah, they've been at home three weeks straight. <laughs> I thought uh, they played Seattle at the link. Nope. Or the link is in Philly. Yeah, the link's in Philly. Um, what the fuck is Seattle Stadium called? I know. Oh, Lumen Field? I think it's Century it? Link Field. Century Link. Is it Century Link? I think it used to be called Lumen. That's why Field. I called it the link. Lumen. Yeah, it's Lumen Field. It used to be called Century Link Field. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew I'm just I, did an old a, I, I did an assignment early in the semester about it, but it, uh, I'm not getting into that. Um, yeah, Eagles or uh, Cowboys up 24 6, 20 seconds left to the half. Uh, we'll update you as necessary. But uh, let's talk real brief. Uh, you know, we already heard our previews of uh, the two Monday Night Football games on the Friday episode. If you haven't, pause this, go listen to Check that one. Out come back and hear how our minds have changed. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's much changing on the first game. Titans, Dolphins, the Dolphins are going to wipe the floor. Yeah. Um, 
like I said, I mean, the Titans had a really good game uh, on the ground last week, and that's really going to be their only way to stop the Dolphins this week. I, I know Spears and Henry were coming off of a really good game. That's what you're going to have to do to keep that air raid offense off the field is just run the ball down their throat and score touchdowns, but take your, you know, make your drives be long. Yeah. And, but they're not going to be able to do that again yeah. against uh, Miami. Well, I think your so. best bet is to rush three. And send, you know, one person on everybody except Tyreek. Just put everybody else on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yep. I think that's your, your yeah. safest bet. Put, um, put DeAndre Hopkins on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Fuck it. Uh, put Derrick Henry on him. <laughs> <laughs> that's somebody that Tyreek doesn't need to run into. That's true. It'll break him. Yeah, that would break him in half. Um, but... Uh, Packers Giants, the other Monday night game. Um, I hate that they have two Monday night games. That sucks. And they're on at the exact same time. One of them's on ABC. One of them's on ESPN. So that means that one of those broadcasts, likely Packers Giants, is going to have shit broadcasters. So that sucks. Um, I know they're doing a Manning cast. Um, don't know which game it's for though. <laughs> Probably the ESPN one. I think they're through ESPN. Yeah, but a- ABC is part of ESPN. Oh. Well, ESPN and ABC are part of Disney. Um, are, are we a part of Disney? I feel like everybody's a part of Disney. Uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest Walt Disney fan. Don't really agree on a lot of ideas. But um, whoa, we could talk whoa, <laughs> for sure. Uh, talk numbers. Money talks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but considering uh, I just got done with Hanukkah dinner, uh, the Walt Disney Company doesn't quite align. Uh, but uh, it's too late now. But if you had any Cardinals or Commanders, I hope they're on your bench in fantasy because they're on by. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Packers Giants. I tried to forget about that game. Um, who's going to win? <laughs> Tommy Cutlets or uh, Jordan uh, Love? I don't know, man. I, I feel like both of these teams are kind of in like a pretty they're they're good momentum right now. Yeah, um, yeah they're they're red hot garbage right now. That's what I'd say. So like they're they're on fire for shit. Like they they're they're the yeah, shittiest yeah. teams to be so good right now. I, I think I may have predicted the Packers to win, but right now I'm kind of feeling the Giants. Yeah, and a little yeah. upset action. You're rocking Tommy DeVito. Yeah, the Italian dying. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still going Packers. Uh, I think Jordan Love's looking great right now. So Yeah, Packers fuck the guy. All right. Well, uh let's uh, let's get into some MLB news then. It's the uh it's the end of week fourteen for now. Um obviously, like I said, if we have any updates, this game just went to half, but if we got any updates, we'll let you know. Luke, there's a whole lot going down, and um, let's be honest, the only thing that matters is Shohei Otani to the Dodgers, 10 years, $700 million, the most expensive contract an athlete has ever received from a team in any sport. That beats out Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. to Al Nassar. That beats out Messi's extension from Barcelona. Shohei Otani in baseball. Good MLB, for him. This dying sport, most expensive contract. Athletes ever received. Yeah, but then you're you know read the fine print and you're like, oh, he's yeah. going to be a Dodger. 
Yeah, that's what sucks about it. Uh, but then again, if you read the fine print on Ronaldo's contract, I'm sure you wouldn't be happy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there's yeah, a lot like, of things you can't talk this about. It's crazy. <laughs> and like, what's even crazier is that like the Dodgers and partially it was Shohei's, you know, kind of part of his idea was to defer a lot of the money down later down the road. Um, to where over the next couple of years, they're only going to be when it comes to like the luxury tax and what kind of soft cap hits and all the all the annoying shit about baseball and and paying players comes into play. The Dodgers are really on the accounting side for the MLB paying twenty seven million dollars a year when it comes to the cap hit um, over the next Jesus couple of Christ. years. So they finagled that shit perfectly, uh, and like I said unprecedented deferrals is the terms they've been using. And to be moving that much money around, it is certainly unprecedented. Uh, fun fact, this one from Foolish Baseball, one of my favorite accounts um, when it comes to anything. Shout baseball. out Foolish Baseball. One yeah. of the goats when it comes yeah. to baseball content on YouTube. Um, Shohei Otani's deal beat out Mike Trout's at the time record-breaking deal by Alex Rodriguez's at the time record-breaking deal uh, in total money. Those are two high dollar athletes too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think uh I think Mike Trouts was four sixty something or maybe four twenty something and A Rods was like two sixty something. Mm. Well well then wouldn't it still be more than um Oh no, it wouldn't be more than Manny Machado and Mike Trout. Uh yeah, yeah Manny Machado got three fifty. Yeah. Over seven. Five, maybe? Uh, no, definitely not five. Yeah. I think it was over seven. Um, but, yeah, this move's crazy. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that because Shohei went there, maybe Yamamoto goes there, maybe Roki Sasaki. We'll talk about him in a second. But um, he wants to get listed to the, the free agent market for the MLB. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting because now with how they've structured this deal, the Dodgers have the space to go out and get some more players. I got a feeling it's going to be pitching, considering Walker Bueller is going to come back uh, with a brand new elbow. Um, but Lance Lynn sucks. He's already gone. He's already on the Cardinals. He's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we got to replace after him. that. It's a lot of inexperienced guys because Kershaw's still out on the market. He still hasn't resigned, and I'm I'm still my feet are in the sand. He's going to the Rangers. I still think. Um, but I, I don't know, man. This is going to be interesting because you, you pay that much money. Like, him and Mookie Betts combined are making over a billion dollars from the Dodgers. <laughs> that is absurd. Yeah. Like, And you're not even talking about Freddie yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, Shohei Otani yeah. and Mookie Betts together are theoretically more valuable than what Forbes valued the Miami Marlins at. Which was one billion dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's and amazing. Also, you know, in a in in a season where he would make seventy million, which is like the you know the AAV of his contract, that's more than the Orioles and the Athletics opening day payroll from last year. <laughs> the <laughs> Orioles too. Yeah, Orioles weren't paying yeah. a lot of guys because they're all so young. Um, yeah, it's uh it is it is insane. This is a needle mover because think about how like 
this is going to affect everybody because he's a two-way player. They're going to be like, well, I pitch and I, let's say Blake Snell, I'm the reigning Cy Young winner in the National League and I'm going to pitch next year and I'm going to make a huge impact. Well, I can make it for a few years. Why not give me five years, three hundred million, which he's certainly not worth. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, this, you're is, exactly a, this right. is a needle mover. This is going to force the teams that need to spend the money, or want to spend the money, or can spend the money, to spend the money. Like your teams aren't just going to sit around. If they've got the money to spend, they're going to spend it, and that's been the case in the MLB for years now. The, the Athletics don't want to spend it. The Royals don't want to spend it. The Guardians don't want to spend it. The Mets want to spend it. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Braves now, the Rangers, they want to spend it, and it's working. Well, maybe, kind of. Mets and Yankees up in the air. Everybody else, it's working. Um, Look, these teams are spending money, and that's how you win in baseball right now because yeah. the, the way that this market works – is insane. It's getting inflated every year, year by year. I do have to say, with Shohei going to the Dodgers, this is my final thing to say about this deal, I feel so bad for the Giants. Three years in a row. Carlos Correa, nope. Aaron Judge, nope. And now Shohei Otani. Instead, we'll just watch Tim Lincecum highlights from 2010. Yeah, instead I'm going to watch Tyro Estrada play second base for the San Francisco Giants and I don't like who else is still there. Brent, is Brandon Crawford still there? I think he is. Yeah, he should be, right? God. That's got to be just a sad existence. Camilo Doval. Yeah, Camilo Doval. That's not a bad one to watch. Logan Webb. He's Alex good as Cobb. well. Um I know. Logan Webb was who I was thinking of. My bad. Not Alex Cobb. Well, they're both good. Um, Logan Webb's better. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, tough to be a Giants fan. Uh, but then again, you have three rings in the 2010s, so you're fine. Um, or, yeah, 2010, 2012, 2014. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, anything you want to say about Shohei before we move on? Um, I, you know, I hate him going to the Dodgers, but I feel like he ended up in a perfect spot for what he's trying to do. So shout out Shohei. Oh yeah. Think about um, it. He's going to DH all next season and their order's going to go, what, Mookie, Freddie, Shohei? That's, that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> that is the dream. That's crazy. That is the dream. I, I think, um... As far as it affecting the Yankees and Yamamoto, I, I honestly don't think it will. Um, I saw earlier this week that Yamamoto's tra- uh, he's like chasing the stars. Basically, he doesn't want to go somewhere where he's not gonna you know not have attention. And yeah, you know I, I feel like the Yankees still have a foot in the door for sure for this guy. Certainly, um, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, the Braves making some moves. So first. They trade Evan White, who we just got from the Mariners, and uh, Tyler Thomas, who's just irrelevant, uh, to the Angels for David Fletcher and Max Stassi. You're thinking, why would the Braves trade for a middle infielder and a catcher? Well, we don't need them um, at all, in my opinion. 
So maybe this is what my theory was, was that we were getting those guys because the White Sox wanted major league talent for Dylan Cease. A few hours later, notification pops up on my phone, Max Stassi to the White Sox for player to be named later or cash. Oh, obviously that's not Dylan Cease. Um, a name like that would never be the player to be named later. Um, it's probably some, I don't know, like 25 year old double a pitcher. Um, but whatever, we'll probably just take the money. Um, so I, I, I don't know what's happening. I want Dylan Cease. I think this is the location that makes the most sense. The guy went to Milton High School in Georgia. He's a Georgia guy through and through. He comes down here in the summers to live here. like Or not the summers, the winters he lives down here. Like This would be the spot for him to get traded to. He was linked to him all trade deadline. He's linked to him now. I hope he's the guy that we're getting. If we're not getting him, better throw some money at Blake Snell because we need starting pitching no matter what. And we also need to extend Max Freed. Um, that's a big thing. As well. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too sure where these moves are going. I don't know. I don't see David Fletcher playing uh, very much. You know, if we need a defensive, entirely defensive uh, middle infielder, just, you know, if if uh, Arcia or Ozzy goes down, sure, it'd be nice to have him. He'll, he'll have a good glove. He'll certainly bat last in the lineup. And it'll be whatever. But, you know, at the moment, we don't need him. Um, so... You know, that's what it is. Uh, but next thing, Will Smith, the relief pitcher, not the catcher, um, will not be winning a ring next year. I hate to break it to you. Three straight, simply too much. And uh, he signed a one-year deal with the Royals. That makes me happy. Yep. I can't see him win another <laughs> ring. Nah, too painful, huh? Yeah. Look, you, you won one with us. You got carried. Let's be honest. Like, he had a good postseason, but you really got carried by A.J. Manter and Tyler uh, Matzik, you know, leading you into the ninth, but whatever. Um, yeah, fuck Will Smith for sure. Uh, <laughs> next thing though, the Red Sox traded Nick Robertson and Victor Santos to the Cardinals for outfielder Tyler O'Neill. Big move. Got to replace the, the, uh, the body in the outfield with Verdugo leaving. Um, Tyler O'Neill is great. Uh, he hasn't had the best seasons, uh, you know, the last, you know, last year, even really the year before that, but strong player, fast in the outfield, great glove, great arm, and he is going to hit moonshots in that small fucking field in in the, uh, at uh, Fenway. So, yeah, is this uh, Paul O'Neill's son? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have if it no is. clue. Um, let's pull up his Wikipedia page. No, nah, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't appear to be. Um, yeah, the guy's just a strong Canadian man. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna work well in in uh, in Boston. So I like that awesome. a lot. Uh, but next rumor, let's get into. Well, I guess not the next rumor. Let's get into the rumors. The D backs are likely to be signing J.D. Martinez. A little reunion for J.D. Martinez. Don't want to say anything. I called this. Um, whatever. 
when me and Colin made some predictions, I said the D-backs for uh, J.D. Martinez. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see if that one pans out, but I like it. I like that the D-backs are getting out there looking for a DH. That's something I think they were missing last year, and uh, me and Colin kind of talked about that. I think me and you might have talked about it a little bit as well uh, early in the free agency. Yeah, well, is it is it okay to just throw in the other piece of news with the D-backs? Uh, speaking of DH, is that they're also looking at yeah. Jorge Soler with the Mariners. Yes. I. Either way is great. Look, Soler, probably not as quite a, a consistent hitter. Um, a more exciting hitter, for sure. Um, but J.D. Yeah. Martinez, you know, the guy's been around. He's gone and done it. Great home run hitter. Um, so... You know, can't really go wrong between those two at this stage in each of their careers. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I'm honestly leaning more to the side of J.D. Martinez. Just, you know, like you said, a little bit more consistent, someone who's been around. Um, and I don't think they really need to focus on trying to get people that have um, that that haven't played in the MLB for that long. You know, like young talent. I feel like now they just kind of need to add more like kind of guys you can sign to two or three year deals that are going to have a yeah. major impact. Which like. That's what you can do with Jorge Soler. The guy's 31 years old now. Um, been around the league for uh, a little while. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think J.D. Martinez is probably the better bet at the moment. Uh, but let's move on to the next thing. Um, the Blue Jays were heavily, heavily rumored to be getting Shohei Otani, and that kind of slowed down their interest in some of the free agents out there on the market. They were so interested and so linked and rumored to the point where we had John Morosi out here straight up saying Shohei Otani will be signing with the Toronto Blue Jays. And then that gets shot down by Bob Nightingale, the man who is notoriously wrong. He wasn't this time. Good job, Bob. But then John Morosi tweets, Shohei Otani is heading to Toronto. Shohei Otani is on a plane to Toronto, blah, 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 whatever. He's going to be signing when he arrives. Bob Nightingale coming out of the shadows again. Shohei Otani is not in Toronto. Shohei Otani is not on a plane to Toronto. Shohei Otani is at his house in California. And then John Morosi had to be like, sorry, I was told incorrect information. No shit. Wow. So, uh... Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting, but um, now that the Blue Jays are are free of the shackles of trying to get Shohei Otani, um, they might re-sign Matt Chapman. I know you guys were interested in him, um, and you still haven't quite addressed that third base spot. Um, so what are you thinking now that Jamar Candelario is already off the market? Um, Matt Chapman's definitely the best guy to go after. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm super bummed out. I, I kind of feel like with this information, I, I feel like it's going to be Cody Bellinger now. Yeah. Not I, not at third base, obviously. I know, but because I, now I think the Cubs are going to be really, really going to re-sign him, like trying real hard. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see, but no, you're exactly right. No, we have not addressed third baseman. Yeah. No, no it, clue what's going on there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think – I can't quite remember, but I, I know there's maybe, a couple of guys available. Maybe they're wanting to bring up like Trey Sweeney or uh, that. Oh my gosh, not not Volpe. There's another guy that plays over there. Is it Os- Oswald Peraza? Uh, yeah, I think it's Oswald. Can he play third base? Peraza. 
I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. Kind of ignore. Yeah, and I, I know um Oswald Oswald Cabrera, I think, can play. Oswaldo Cabrera yes. can play third base. Yeah, he can. Too, so who knows? DJ LeMahieu could play third. Yeah. He just play anywhere. sucks. He has he, he declined heavily last year. Yeah. All right. Well, uh this next thing is a, a big deal to me. Jordan Montgomery is now likely to not re-sign with the Rangers. So a lot of Braves people thought, yeah, I know. <laughs> but a lot of people thought that he was just going to go back. They won a World Series. He was a huge part, possibly the most important pitcher in that rotation when it came down to the playoffs. And, um, yeah, like we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's kind of crazy that he's not. He's not going to go back. And I'm not saying he's not going to. It's not out of the cards. But considering we're a few months in, a lot of times the guys that are going to re-sign with their team don't wait this long. Yeah. So. Very true. uh, It's interesting. I would love to see him in a Braves jersey. For sure. Yeah, that'd be fantastic for you guys. But some of my favorite news. Roki Sasaki has requested to be posted to the MLB's free agent market. So we have uh, a huge, huge influx of um, Japanese and Korean talent getting into the free agent market this year, uh, and it's all, like, headlining kind of guys. Like, last year, we had Masataka Yoshida. We had Kodai Senga. That was kind of the headline. Seiya Suzuki two years before that, and then, of course, you know, just, what, now it's, like, six years ago. Shohei Otani, um, something like that. Wow. Um, and this year, so many names. Obviously, the big one, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. If you know, if Roki Sasaki ends up here, um, there's been talks about Munitaka Murakami uh, as well, trying to get posted. Uh, more likely going to be next year. Um, then you have uh, Shota Imanaga, um, as well as I'm forgetting the KBO guy. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember what his name is, uh, but he's a insanely good center fielder that won the rookie of the year 2017. He was the MVP in 2022, and uh, since he started, he has won the Silver Slugger in or not Silver Slugger, the Gold Glove in center field or the KBO equivalent of the Gold Glove in center field every oh, year wow. of his career. Um, and I is it uh is it uh Jung Hoo Lee? Yes. Yes, that is him. Yeah, he's actually an older guy. Yeah. Oh, wait, is it? Then maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, uh no, this guy plays for KBO too. He bats like 318. Maybe it is Jungle. I don't know. There's some guy that won. Uh, Jungle Lee's 25. Yeah, I'm just now seeing that. I thought it said 1988. Not eighty, uh, not ninety-eight for whenever he was born. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's played a, a ton of center field. Played in the World Baseball Classic. Batted four twenty-nine in his four games in the World Baseball Classic. That's pretty good. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, he's drawn some comparisons to Ender Inciarte. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay, if if we're talking wow. prime Ender Inciarte, like twenty seventeen. 2018 Ender Inciarte, for sure. He's going to be a great player. 
if he does that every single year of his career. If he does what Ender and CR did in his career, he might as well just stay in Korea. <laughs> He's not going to be over yeah. there long. Um, oh, wow. Okay, so his father is a retired KBO legend um, whose nickname wow. was Son of the Wind. And his nickname, wow. Jung Hoo Lee, is Grandson of the Wind. Wind. I love that. Um, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Bunch of other guys um, that are listed um, to uh, possibly coming over to the MLB. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. If Roki Sasaki uh, does actually get over here, that'd be crazy. He pitched a 19 strikeout perfect game. He's only 22. Uh, the guy's crazy. Uh, he throws hard as shit, if I am remembering correctly. Uh, like he's uh, he is insane. Yeah. Okay. I've got his uh, I've got his NPB stats pulled up right now. Last season, 2023, he had 135 strikeouts in 91 innings pitched. Yeah, I was I was looking at it too. Wasn't it like a sub two ERA also? Yeah, one point seven eight. ERA. He's never had a ERA above two point two seven. That that's like all star closing pitcher. Yeah. ERA. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Uh next thing though, let's move on. The market for Josh Hader could be heating up with Otani's deal being done. So I think a lot of people were halting on Josh Hader just because they know he's gonna cost some money. So the big teams that need a big closer, we're also probably looking at Shohei Otani. Um, now that money is all freed up, and uh, looks like we could see a Josh Hader deal and a Yamamoto deal uh, within the next couple of days. Yamamoto is going to be doing a kind of a little tour around the nation. Is what I'm hearing, uh, talking to some <laughs> different teams, you know, courting his uh, his uh, future suitors, but. Um, for Josh Hader. Dude, the, the Braves should fly him to Atlanta. Oh, they should bring man. Yamamoto to Atlanta. Yeah, give him a tour of Yamamoto, the city. Put him in Magic City. Um, get him some <laughs> yeah. lemon pepper wings. <laughs> With do the big same boy for Josh Andre Hader. Yeah, do the same for Josh Hader as well. Um, yeah. I'm sure Josh Hader would appreciate it. He's just, you know, regular old dude. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, except he throws very hard. Um, and did give up a huge home run to uh, Freddie Freeman uh, on numerous occasions, actually. Uh, don't have to talk about that if he wants to be a Brave. If he doesn't, we can talk about it all we'd like. But um, let's move on to the next thing, though. D-backs and Mariners eyeing uh, Jorge Soler. Obviously, we talked about the D-backs, but the Mariners as well are a team that needed DH this year. Um, I think, to me... The Mariners seems like the best fit for Jorge, uh, in my mind. Um, yeah. I yeah. Just, JD I, I to the D-backs, Jorge to the Mariners. Yeah, and I think Jorge has definitely got, like, I know we just talked about he's 31 years old, but I think he fits in with a young team better. He fit in very well with the Braves and the Marlins, both super young teams. Mariners, super young core that they've got going out there. I think he just kind of fits in with that group a lot. You get some veteran leadership as well. Yeah, for sure. They're they're a good group of uh good group of guys. Might I add, he doesn't play a bad left field. 
um, if you need him to. But probably stick him at DH for the most part. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Our last thing. Yankees talk. They're interested in Jordan Hicks, the flamethrower himself. What What are you thinking? Just yep. help the bullpen as much as you can? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Fair enough. I mean, it, you know, with Michael King being gone too, uh, Michael King was a pretty hard thrower as well. I feel like this is kind of his replacement and a younger replacement at that as well, yeah. I think. I think he's younger, but um, yeah, I like it. Bringing heat to New York. Awesome. All right. Um, I don't think <clears throat> I've seen anything else. Uh, any other rumors or such come through? So, oh, uh, Dylan Cease to the Braves. Shut up. Yeah, I'm completely kidding. Yeah, I know. That would have been way too perfect of timing. And like I've stated before, I have so many MLB people's post notifications on on Twitter that I you I are the first person. Nobody, <laughs> nobody will beat me. <laughs> I will yeah. know. I will. Uh, but yeah, that's uh that's gonna be all for uh MLB stuff. Uh listen on Friday. Short stops, right? Top five short stops Friday? Yes, yes. Yeah. Top yes. five short stops Friday. Make sure you tune in. Uh but keep listening because we gotta talk about some college football. Luke, I know you're not too tapped in in college football, but um Oh, dude. Got or dialed. <laughs> sure, man. Sure. Um, whatever you say, man. But yep. I do have some things I gotta I gotta talk about. So um I'll go ahead and get into them. We had the college football awards and the Heisman ceremony over the weekend. Um certainly didn't disappoint. Uh as per usual, the Heisman trophy um was or the Heisman trophy ceremony was just the longest show ever. To for a four minute announcement and a guy giving a short speech. Don't understand yeah. why it's so goddamn long. I don't know who I need to ask to make it shorter. I don't know if I need to write my local senator or, or something, my local representative in the U.S. Congress to get that cut down, but I can't do it again. I'm never watching that whole ceremony again. I didn't do it this year. I've done it probably every other year I've watched that whole thing. And it's literally just like, let me suck this guy's dick. Let me suck this guy's dick. That's going to get clipped out of context now. And I fuck, I fucked up there. Um, don't, don't clip that. <laughs> yeah. So many dicks. Don't clip that. Don't clip that. <laughs> Please don't. And I'm saying this to myself because I am the person that would clip this. Uh, if anybody were to, um, but I have a feeling that this is, this is now a clip that Nathan is going to have on his phone um, that I will be constantly reminded of. So let's just forget that. I'm not going to edit it out. I'm not a bitch. Um, but yeah. it's essentially a dick-sucking competition. Um, it's just like... Uh, you're the best rap. No. Well, Jaden Daniels, I guess, is. Um, he won the yeah. Heisman, in case you didn't know. He also took home uh, the Walter Camp Award, the Davy O'Brien Award, and the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. Uh, and I believe AP Player of the Year. Uh, so yeah, all that went to Jaden Daniels. Uh, the Maxwell Award went to Michael Penix. Uh, the Bolitnikoff Award went to Marvin Harrison Jr., a.k.a. Maserati Marv. Um, 
for best wide receiver in the country. The Doak Walker Award went to Ollie Gordon II of Oklahoma State. Guy was absolutely phenomenal. Brock Bowers wins back-to-back John Mackey Awards for the best tight end in college football. Um, this was surprising. Yeah, considering the I, I, I did not expect. Yeah, and even when he came back, he was still kind of playing hurt and not yeah. really putting up numbers. I was surprised to see him do this. Definitely. Uh, first player to win two of them uh, in college. So that's that's big. And then uh, your AP Coach of the Year, Kalen DeBoer of the Washington Huskies. Um, yeah, overall, I don't have a single problem with any of these. I think uh, I, it was nice to see. So I believe the order of voting uh, for Heisman was Jaden Daniels 1, Michael Penix 2, not by that wide of a margin, at least as wide as we've seen uh, in recent years. But uh, Bo Nix was three, Marvin Harrison Jr. four, uh, and then Jordan Travis was actually five, just on the outside looking in. Um, and I believe Jaden Daniels becomes the fourth quarterback uh, to win a Heisman in a game or in a season where his team lost three games or more. Uh, he joins, I believe it was Tim Tebow, Lamar Jackson, and somebody else. It might have been Johnny Manziel. No, Robert Griffin III. That's who it was. Robert Griffin III, Tim Tebow, and Lamar Jackson. Um, okay. Yeah, not too much else to uh, to talk about here. Uh, it was nice to see Jordan Travis being fifth in uh, Heisman voting, considering he missed those last, uh, you know, pretty much three games of the season uh, with that bad injury that uh, ended his season against North Alabama, which still fucking pisses me off uh, that he got hurt against a fucking shit little school um, on homecoming or senior night or whatever it was. Whatever. I'm done being pissed off about that. Um, But, uh, yeah, that was the awards. Uh, We'll move on to uh, the transfer portal. I want to talk about it because it's absurd. It's only been open for a week. You could only go enter the transfer portal as of last Monday. There's more than 1,500 players in the transfer portal in college football. Might I remind everyone, there's only like 160 FBS schools. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, FBS. I think there's like 300-something Division One. It's not a lot uh, to choose from. <laughs> and, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, and to make it even harder, there's 106 quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Jesus, and there's dude. plenty of schools that have their starter. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but some of the notable quarterbacks uh, being DJ Uangalale from Oregon State, he's leaving. Uh, Riley Leonard from Duke is leaving. Dylan Gabriel leaving Oklahoma. Cam Ward leaving Washington State. Kyle McCord after his first season at Ohio State only lost one game. Uh, he's heading out as well, and then uh, the uh, he'll be a true sophomore next year. Dante Moore leaving UCLA. Uh, Brock Vandegrift already committed to Kentucky. He was the backup for Carson Beck at Georgia. Um, this one was a, an obvious move. Him and Carson are he, he's never going to jump Carson, um, at least after what we saw from Carson this season. And then um, looking ahead, Dylan Rayola the number one quarterback in the class is going to be on campus next year. Um, he'll be redshirting then. And 
probably take over right after Carson leaves. So Brock just really got a spot. Too. Yeah, Gunner Stockton's also really good. Uh, but Dylan Raiola's yeah. bit that guy's different, man. Um, he, he yeah. So yeah, we might we might uh we might see him jump some people. Uh, but uh, so Brock Vandegrift off to Kentucky to replace Devin Leary, who just kind of sucked this season. Uh, and then Dylan Gabriel heading to Oregon after a good season with Oklahoma, number twelve in the nation, beat Texas. Not a bad year for Dylan Gabriel. Uh, but he's on the move to Oregon to go fill the role of Bo Nix, who they will not let back in. <laughs> yeah. Great great for Oregon, though, getting Dylan yeah. Gabriel, huh? Yeah. He's... Going ahead and filling in that spot. Yeah. What a, what a ride for Dylan Gabriel. Starts off at UCF as a backup quarterback to Mackenzie Milton, and then Mackenzie Milton has one of the most horrific injuries I've seen in college football. Dylan Gabriel gets the starting job, transfers to Oklahoma two years ago, and is just has like a, a pretty average year in the first year uh, that Oklahoma was under Brent Venables has a fantastic year this season. And then uh, now heading to Oregon, just it's awesome. And and he'll be Oregon's quarterback as they start their, uh, their journey in the big 10 after the move from the PAC 12. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, a couple other guys in the portal, uh, university of Florida running back, Trevor Etienne, little brother, Travis Etienne uh, is hitting the portal. Um, rumor is might go to Georgia, um, which would be quite a flip heading from Florida to Georgia. But then again, Florida state just got a defensive tackle from Florida in the transfer portal. So weirder things have happened. Uh, and then a lot of guys jumping. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I believe, uh, Texas A&M has one of the biggest amounts of transfer portal players. And, uh, one of them is uh 2022 number one high school recruit uh defensive tackle Walter Nolan leaving AM. Um this one didn't surprise me at all. Um I, I got a I had a good feeling that AM was gonna have a, a transfer portal exodus uh out of college station and uh it certainly came I think I think they've got sixteen players in the transfer portal. Uh, that are on the way out um, after having oh, man. two straight top, I think two straight number one recruiting classes with Jimbo Fisher as their head coach. Jimbo gets fired. I'm going to be honest. I don't even think they wanted to play for Jimbo while he was there. They certainly uh, don't seem to want to play for Mike Elko, um, which is kind of crazy. I think Mike Elko deserves the respect. I think he's still going to have some good guys hanging around there. Uh, he'll probably bring some good guys in, but um yeah, I think uh, I think it's just a matter of all the guys that Jimbo recruited still there, and now he's on his way out. He got bought out for a whole lot of fucking money, and um, he'll probably just be like talking on the fucking SEC network next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I definitely have a feeling that's going to be the case. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of my my little update on the transfer portal. I believe it closes in the first week of January, so. Whole lot of guys uh, going to be on the move, and we're going to be hearing about it throughout bowl season. So uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, that's when it closes, like kind of around bowl season. Yeah, it's that's it's, ridiculous. I think it's right after. Um, I think it's like January fourth, January seventh, maybe like right after the college football playoff championship game. Uh, let me see. Because wow. I think they just changed it. Uh, for this year, like effective immediately. 
Um, let's see. Yeah, so they reduced it from 60 days to 45 days um, for fall or Actually, for fall sports, there's only 30 days. Yeah, that's crazy. Huh. Wild. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so... A lot of news is going to be rolling in from that. But let's talk about the Army-Navy game real quick. The only game that happens the week after conference championship week. And um, it was a good one in, in, in an interesting way. Look, service academy games never hit the over most of the time. Um, no. And <laughs> this one didn't disappoint. This was the epitome of a service academy game. Um, and when it came down to it uh, – Army did get the win, 17 to 11. Weird score already. But the weirder thing is that the over-under earlier in the week was set at 27.5. A lot of people betting that 27.5 early in the week, but by game time, it was a 28.5 over-under. So you have some people betting 27.5 for the over, some people on the under, some people over 28.5, some people under it, and... You get into the fourth quarter. The score's only 10-10. So all those under-betters are feeling real good. And like I said, the bitches that bet the under, feeling real good. But a few more points get put up on the board. All of a sudden, Army runs a play as time expires with the score 17-9. And they get sacked in their own end zone for a safety to make it 17-11. Makes the total 28. So you have... All the people that bet the over 27 and a half losing their minds just celebrating. And you got the guys that bet under 28 and a half being like, holy shit, that was a close one. You got the over 28 and a half guys pissed that the over 27 and a half guys won and they didn't. And you got the under 27 and a half guys pissed off that they didn't win. Just all around, you had some people. A huge win. Some people, one of the worst beats you could possibly have. Um, but always exciting uh, for that game. I loved college game day. I watched a little bit of it. They had Bill Belichick on as the guest picker. They had Lee Corso talking about his time uh, coaching Navy, um, which he actually coached Navy, uh, I think, with Bill Belichick's dad, um, which is very cool. Um, Mr. Belichick? Yeah, I would assume. Probably Coach Belichick, uh, if I had to guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I love watching Army-Navy. It's it's such a great game rooted in such deep history. It's fantastic. Um, a lot of options. Yeah. Actually, Navy threw the ball 26 times. Impressive. Yeah, I did. I do see that. Yeah, shout out Navy. For sure. Uh, but bull season. Starts up officially on the 16th, Saturday. Um, and we got quite a few. Not bad bowl games on Saturday. Uh, you start out the Myrtle Beach Bowl, the first game of bowl season. You got the Georgia Southern Eagles versus the Ohio Bobcats. In Myrtle Beach, Georgia Southern favored by three and a half. Davis Brin, the guy that, shit, he loves to make a mistake. But they won some games. They got bowl eligible. Um, 
yeah, I don't know how I feel about it, but yeah, 11 a.m. Check that one out. And then 2.15 on Saturday, you got the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl between Jacksonville State, who was finally allowed, along with James Madison, to play in a bowl game uh, versus Louisiana Raging Cajuns in New Orleans. Kind of seems like a bit of a home game uh, for Louisiana, but whatever. And then uh, 3.30 on Saturday, you got Miami of Ohio versus App State in the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl in Orlando, Florida at FBC Mortgage Stadium. And then at 5.45, you got New Mexico State versus Fresno State in the New Mexico Bowl. Once again, kind of a home game for New Mexico State, um, considering they're playing at University Stadium in Albuquerque, which is the stadium for New Mexico, not New Mexico State. Me and Colin had to do the research on that one. and then at 7.30, we got a fantastic uh, matchup. The Starco Brands L.A. Bowl, UCLA versus Boise State um, at SoFi Stadium. And then 9.15 that night, you got Cal versus Texas Tech and the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Uh, and then it all flips over to uh, Monday, and uh, we'll talk about those games next week. So that's not too big of a deal. But, yeah, bowl season is uh, officially getting started next Saturday, and uh, I'm hyped. I'm I'm so happy. I love bowl season. There's just like football on yeah. almost every day. It's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, Luke, surprisingly, we have flown through this episode. Um, I guess if you want, do you want to talk about some Premier League stuff? We've certainly uh, punched the clock on this one. Only an hour and a half in. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really keep up with anything, but yeah, we can go over some results if you'd like. Why don't we just talk about our two teams? Um, not a good weekend for either of us. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. Um, You had, uh, Everton kicking our ass this week, man. My team loses three nil on Thursday. Your team loses two nil on, uh, on Sunday to Everton. Fuck. Fulham. Fulham, 5-0 over West Ham. Yeah, and Luton had the lead over Man City. They were up 1-0 at one point, uh, but Man City yeah. won it 2-1. Uh, and Tottenham dominated Newcastle, which just fucking pissed me off. But, yeah, 4-1 Tottenham. Shit, man, it was a interesting weekend. Yeah, um, yeah Chelsea uh, just... You know, once again, kind of like a rotated squad. Uh, Connor Gallagher back into the lineup. Not as captain, though, as Reese James was also back into the lineup. Yep. Uh, Chelsea yep. did what I said and gave us Armando, Armando Broja, who did not score. No one scored for Chelsea, uh, might I add. And no Thiago Silva. And said it was uh, Batty Ashile and Alex Axel de Sassi. Yeah. Interesting. Did uh, Reese James get hurt? Uh, he, let, he got subbed out on the 27th. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just seeing that. <laughs> That's not good. And also, how the fuck are you guys out here subbing off your goalie? Yeah, no, he he limped off against Everton. Oh, he got hurt. What he the fuck hurt. is wrong with him, dude? He's such a good player, but he's glass. Hamstring injury. Nice. An- another one, actually. That's that's what he always is in- injuring. Dude, just stretch. Eat a banana. (laughs) Like, do what you got. Mustard. Pickle juice. Yep. Do they even have pickles in England? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they do. I think. I actually actually don't know. 
I would assume they do because pickles, I think, came from Europe. Uh, I don't think they're just an American thing. So, yeah. Well, I mean, what are you thinking with uh, with Newcastle's performance against Everton or against, uh, sorry, Tottenham? Yeah, it's just like kind of a repeat of what we saw against Everton. It's like the defense played poorly. Dubrovka didn't play well. Um, he played okay. Not great, but I still don't like LaSalle's in the back line. I still don't like him as the captain. Um, Lewis Miley really showed his age in this match, personally. I'm coming through your uh, your speakers right now. It's really throwing me off. I'm sorry. At the end of the episode. And yeah, my, my dude, my head's not even unpacked because I'm, I'm home from school. It's all good. Here, let me, let me move it away. Um, yeah, like, Miggy had a good game, which was nice. And Anthony Gordon's just been kind of slow. I'm glad that Johansson's playing well. Uh, he got, scored a goal on this one. Gimaraj played well. But, yeah, it's just a matter of bad defense. We let Huang Minson just absolutely pile drive us. And we let Richarlison, that fucking bum, score two goals. Yeah. So, yeah, look. I, not only that, not you know, Tottenham had been looking really bad up yeah. to this point. Yep. And, and we were and in a I've... position to move up the table. That's what really pisses me off. It's like these last two matches, we've had the chance to make a big jump in the table, and we just simply have not done it. And now, dude, we're sitting here, and Liverpool is in first place because Arsenal lost to Villa. Villa is quickly climbing. They now find themselves in third place, two points clear of Man City. And we're sitting here in seventh when we should have overtaken Man U and we should have overtaken Tottenham. And instead, we lose two straight, and Manchester United, you know, gets away with it, considering the win against Chelsea earlier in the week, and then uh, they lose to Bournemouth, but we, once again, don't pick up any points, still can't pass them, and then Tottenham gets this win and kind of saves themselves from dropping too far. Yeah, um, you know, shout out Tottenham, though. It, it seemed like they kind of, you know, finally responded to their lineup, you know, situation after losing yeah. all these games in a row. And they, you know, worked things around and they were able to come and beat a good team, you know, in Newcastle. I really did not think Tottenham, you know, was going to be able to beat a Newcastle team with how they had looked. But, you know, they they pulled through here. Um, I have to give Tottenham, you know, credit where credit's due. All right. Well, um, yeah, I think that's really all I, we need to talk about here. Um, Let's go ahead and give an update on the Sunday night football game. The Cowboys still up. It's 24-13 uh, with about six minutes left in the third quarter as of right now. Uh, Dak, like we uh, talked about, had that touchdown earlier. Um, but for the Eagles, um, I don't even know what happened. I know Dak lost a fumble. Um yeah, Dak lost a fumble, and Jalen Carter took it to the house. 42 yards. Mm. Impressive by the big man. Yeah. But uh, for now, not much else has uh, developed. So, uh, Luke, let's make some uh, – let's take some – let's take some time, make some hot takes, because like we said earlier, you got to start one off. You got to start the week off. You got to really use that brain of yours. and um. I'd like you to go first. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, so. Are we making a? It's just regular stake your claim, Anything. right? I haven't done it in so long. Yeah, literally. I, I think take. the Falcons. 
the Falcons are going to have it figured out next year. Um, I don't know. I know this is coming from a non-Falcons fan, but when I watch the Falcons, they truly have some guys mixed in their you know lineup, defensively and offensively. Once they get a quarterback, Grayson, y'all are going to be set. And I don't really think the NFL realizes that, is the Falcons are really not that bad of a team, and what they have had to put up with this year, they've done a very good job. Yeah, I think for the, the most only part. thing that could set us back from where we're at right now, which, funny enough, I think either way we go sets us back, is either keeping Arthur Smith or not keeping Arthur Smith. Because if you fire him, you got to get a new head coach. You need to acclimate, blah, blah, blah. If you keep him, yeah. he's there, and that hurts us. Yeah. I think. I, yeah. That's, that's on me, personally. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I definitely agree with you. I think we've got some some great players, some very promising guys to look at on this team. Obviously, at the skill positions, you have some of you know the most highly touted guys in their draft classes, and they're just kind of sitting here wasting away. Um, yeah. But then you also look on the defensive side, and it's like, holy shit, you know, Jesse Bates been one of the best defensive players in the league this season, and then you have a great defensive line with a ton of depth. And you have some some great linebackers that nobody's really even heard of, like Troy Anderson. I love that guy. He is so good. Yeah. And then, you know, A.J. Yeah. Terrell, you know, on his day, one of the best. Um, you know, there's some things he's got to work on. Same goes for Jeff Okuda. But there are definitely bright spots all over the field for the Falcons. And I I definitely agree. There's only a couple of things to figure out before this team's, like, really pushing the playoffs every year. Wasn't um wasn't Jeff Okuda like one of the highest drafted cornerbacks of all time? I think he got drafted like third overall by the yeah the Lions something crazy like that Ohio State. He was really good at Ohio State. I don't blame them for taking him high. He just didn't develop at all. Yeah, but no, I I, I truly think I you know the Falcons don't necessarily come off as totally a six and seven team to me. No, they they have um a lot of talent on that team. I agree. Um, all right. I'm gonna go ahead and say Hmm. I had one thought of, but I don't think it's hot enough. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. Uh Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking ahead. I know. Ravens 49ers Super Bowl this season. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I wish I could change my Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Bengals Vikings, Grayson. Yep. You think it's gonna happen? No. <laughs> uh and I don't think I don't think Bengals 49ers is gonna happen. So uh, it's tough. That yeah. is real tough, man. Bengals Vikings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. That's brutal. Um <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's a tough loss. Um, all right, well, uh, I like that Super Bowl though. Yeah, I would love to see that because it's two fantastic defenses, two very fun to watch offenses. I think it would be awesome. Wait, you said Ravens Forty ers right? Yeah. Oh, so they they'd be running it back. Yeah. Again, it'd be a little rematch. Yeah. Yeah, the first one was awesome, dude. It was. I remember that Super Bowl. Matchup. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, 
That was awesome. Uh, all right. Um, well, that brings us to the end there, Luke. This was a, a fun but fast episode, 148 yeah. uh, on the clock as I'm looking at it. And, um, yeah, this was a, a solid one. How, how did you enjoy the Sunday recording? I, I loved it. I, I honestly like it better than the episode that I record. <laughs> well, uh, I really do. <laughs> if you want to switch it, you got to take that up with Colin. Uh, oh, no, uh, I, I don't like decision. it enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like it enough to like want to, you know, change the whole podcast uh, around. But this is a chill. It, it's a lot more chill vibes. Yeah, man. I don't know. Look, I I'm literally like a lot of times what me and Colin will do is like we'll we'll talk in here almost all day and then just kind of hop into the recording once Sunday night football starts um, and just vibe, man. It, it's fun um, for yeah. sure. But um, for now, since you're looking at us on this screen, uh, maybe on your phone, maybe on your TV, uh, if you have a Tesla, maybe it's uh, maybe it's on your Tesla screen. Um, wow. If you're in a cyber oh. truck, why the fuck did you buy that? Um, but you can also like, subscribe, comment, turn on post notifications, all that stuff. You can also go to all these links down here that Luke was just pointing out for the last minute while I didn't take any attention to it. Um, but if you're not looking at me and Luke and his interesting lighting in his uh, in his bedroom. Uh... <laughs> hey, look, I look like a ghost in this lighting right now. So, so you're good. You're beating me. Um, I blend in with this Dominique Wilkins jersey behind me. <laughs> Mine is uh, the Rapture. It's all that orange, like yeah. Mexico and movies haze. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I guess before I keep talking, Dallas kicked a field goal, uh, twenty-seven thirteen. But um, yeah, if you're listening to this and you hear my beautiful sultry voice penetrating your ears, mm. whether that's <laughs> via AirPods or any other headphones or your car radio or a speaker, whatever it may be, you should on Apple or Spotify or both rate five stars, give us a good review, and then go to the link tree, follow us on all the other things. Uh, Cause you can't see the links of course, unless you went to the YouTube, which would be fantastic uh, of you to do. But for now, um, just listening will suffice. And um, yeah, we, uh, Thank you to Luke, of course, for filling in for Colin because Colin thinks, you know, disc golf's important and blah, 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 whatever. Um, what a loser, right? Whatever, Brody Smith. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you are? Paul McBeth. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us, guys. Catch us both back here. The Luke triple header concludes on Friday, and uh, we'll be talking a whole lot of stuff. So uh, don't miss it. We'll see you guys on Friday. Peace. Peace.